Welcome to the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, everyone? It's the biggest game of the year tomorrow for NFL fans, and today's show will be all about some of our favorite and most memorable past Super Bowls with former BYU Cougars involved. And there have been some epic ones. And speaking of Cougars and the big game, former BYU tight end and Super Bowl champ Dennis Pitta joins me later in the show to talk about what he remembers from his 2013 victory and his thoughts on Super Bowl 56. But first, joining me is the wonderfully talented and unabashed Cougars, Cardinals, Chiefs, and Jazz fan, Jason Shepard. Hi, Shep. Hi, Lauren. Good to talk to you again. It is good to talk to you. So tomorrow is the day all of us fans look forward to every year, even if your team didn't make it, because it's entertaining football. Well, usually. And the halftime show is usually all right. <laughs> Are you a halftime show watch, person, why, by the way? Why do we watch again? No, I'm just kidding. Um, I It just depends. It depends on who, on who it, it is. is. It depends on who it is, yep. Otherwise, it's so, getting more yeah. food, you know, bathroom break, <laughs> that kind of stuff. Yes, it depends on if there are children around sometimes. Yeah. Uh, this year's halftime show could be epic, and I'm hoping it's epic, Shep. It's Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Mary J. Blige, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar. And I mean, that's a lot of people <laughs> fit in a 10-minute halftime show. I feel like this one could go either way, don't you think? It yeah, could be this, like this one could be the, awesome one of the best or, or a disaster. It's one of the, no, I don't think there's going to be a middle ground on this one. But it should be good with those types of names. It should be good. Yes, and they've all worked together before. So I don't think it's like a bunch of random people like trying to mix their music genres. Like all these people have worked together before. So I think it could be awesome. Uh, you mentioned you go get food. Yes. What What is your favorite Super Bowl food that you eat? You know, you can't go wrong with the wings. Um, okay. And I, uh, I I love the spicy, you know, the, the wings. So the more spicy, uh-huh. the better. That's the way I, the more uncomfortable my stomach can feel, the more I enjoy them. So I like that. Um, I, I try and do a little barbecue as well. Like, cause that's okay. the best part about Super Bowl is the food doesn't have to make sense together. You can have a bunch of different things and that's typically how we handle our Super Bowl stuff. So you can maybe make yeah. some brisket and then have wings and then chips and salsa. So that's one of our things that we love to do. We have a, our own favorite Mexican restaurant that we like to go get salsa from. And then that's the salsa that we use for chips and salsa. Can I ask which restaurant? Uh, yes, it is uh, La Fountain. La Fountain. Mm-hmm. Okay, never heard of that one. But I love me some chips and salsa. It really is an excuse to eat food that's yeah. horrible for you. Oh, yeah. And, and like licorice, really M&M's, like all of it. <laughs> Just bring it. Bring it. Absolutely. I'm with you. All right. Well, do you watch the commercials? Oh, of course. Love are them. You, are you a commercial guy? Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm that guy that uh, is all about the sports and the commercial. Like people seem to like, <laughs> if they're like diehard sports, they're like, ah, oh, you can have the commercials. I love them both. I get into them. The thing with the commercials, you talked about how the halftime show has started to take a, a dip over the last 10 years. The commercials, there really has not been a, a year where you've had maybe more than maybe one or two really good ones. It used to have a ton yeah. of them. Now you get maybe one or two that are really, really good, and the rest you forget by the time the the game's over. Absolutely. And what's so crazy, what makes you want to watch them, even though you know most of them are going to be terrible, is that they paid multi-million dollars to have that, like a 30-second commercial during the Super Bowl. So you're like, I got to see what they came up with. And some of them are just plain dumb. Well, that's okay. That's okay. They try their best. It's their money, I guess. It is their money. You can do whatever you want with your money. All right, Shep, there have been some. Many, many former Cougars who have had standout performances in previous Super Bowls 
or have been involved in some epic games. Um, and here are a few that stood out to me, and then we'll discuss which one's our favorite. Uh, 1986, Jim McMahon, Chicago Bears. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, Shep, do you remember that game? I don't remember I, the game. I wasn't born. No, I, I was born. I was younger, uh, but I, I remember the game mostly looking back on it. Well, you're definitely going to remember 1995, Steve Young. Oh, yeah. Over the San Diego Chargers. Uh, there were five guys from BYU on that team. Steve Young, Tom Homo, Bart Oates, Jamal Willis, and Tim Hanshaw. Well, That's see, pretty freaking cool. See, the, the thing I remember, too, is him, speaking of Steve Young, like walking on the sideline and, you know, like acting as if he's taking the the monkey off of his back because everybody said he couldn't <laughs> win the Super Bowl like Joe Montana, and he was finally able to uh-huh. get that off of his back. That's kind of my lasting memory of that Super Bowl. And the 49ers dominated the charge. They just destroyed him. It was no contest. 2006, Pittsburgh Steelers with Brett Kiesel, Sean Nua, and Chris Hoke. All D linemen, and they beat the Seahawks out of BYU. I don't, I don't remember that game super well. Like, I don't I think it was like a, a standout game, but I always just think it's super cool when uh, Cougars are in the game. And Brett Kiesel, what a guy. All right, one that stands out to me, Shep. 2013, mm-hmm. with Dennis Pitta, who we're having on later in the show. Ravens over the 49ers. He caught a touchdown yep. pass. The lights went out. For how long? Do you remember it that? It felt like a while. It felt like it was about 20 minutes. I don't think it was that long. But, I mean, honestly, on the biggest stage in the world and you have an issue like that, that that's what I – honestly, <laughs> that's I remember the two things that you just brought up from that Super Bowl. I remember Pitta catching the touchdown, and I remember uh-huh. the lights going out for a period of time. That's Those are my lasting memories from that Super Bowl. Yes, and the Harbaugh brothers coaching against each other. That's right. All right, 2017 to 2019, Kyle Van Noy – with the Patriots playing with Tom Brady uh, as a starter, and they won two out of those three games. And so cool for Kyle Van Noy. I don't think that was a surprise to any of us that he had success at the next level, wouldn't you say? No, this this guy is an absolute stud. I, I'm so glad he was able to get out of Detroit. Yes. And get, oh. get with a winning team. I mean, not only get with a winning team, get with the winning team, and to be able to be a part of that ride with the Patriots, whether you like the Patriots or not, you know, being able to see Kyle Van Oy have that type of impact on on the Patriots defense was really cool. And then this one's for you, Shep. 2020, Chiefs versus 49ers. You got Danny Sorensen, Andy Reid versus Fred Warner in the 49ers. Fred had an interception, yes. uh, but the Chiefs ended up winning. So it was kind of the best case scenario for BYU fans, unless you are a diehard 49ers fan. Well, you know? and as we talked about, a lot probably were. But look, that's that's my favorite Super Bowl memory because it's my team. I, I've I have only seen two teams of mine win championships. I guess technically three because I originally grew up a, a Kansas City Royals fan, and I, so I saw them win the World Series actually twice. But I saw the Cardinals win the World Series, so one of my teams. And then when the Chiefs won, that was another opportunity to see one of my teams win a championship. Because I don't remember, I don't remember, I didn't live in Utah in '84 when BYU football won the national championship. So that was not something mm-hmm. that that was I was necessarily aware of living in Missouri. So um, having the Chiefs win the Super Bowl—that's the one that I will always remember. Good work, Shep. Uh, my last question for you is: Who do you got winning tomorrow? At the end of the day, I actually think the Rams are going to win. I think they do win the Super Bowl. Well, I'm rooting for the Rams because I know he's a Ute, but I'm also an Eric Weddle fan. Mm. We had his wife, Chanel Weddle, on a couple weeks ago. So go Rams. 
And uh, I think it's going to be an awesome game, though. All right, Chef, thank you so much for coming on, my friend. You bet. Always great talking with you, Lauren. All right, coming up, he's arguably the best tight end to ever come out of BYU and has a big old ring with the Ravens logo on it to prove it. Dennis Pitta joins me next on Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean. The big game is this weekend between the L.A. Rams and Cincinnati Bengals. And joining me now is a guy that knows a thing or two about not only playing in the NFL's biggest game of the year, but winning it. His giant ring came in 2013 with the Baltimore Ravens. Let's welcome on former BYU and NFL tight end, Dennis Pitta. Thanks for coming on with me, Dennis. Hey, thank you, Lauren. Happy to be here. Hey. Good. It's good to hear your voice. It's been a while. All right. Well, we were talking a little bit before we started. You uh, you have three kids, one on the way, and you have twins, which blows my mind being a mother myself. But what else are you up to these days? Where are you guys living and what are you doing? Um, well, I mean, you basically, you know, you, you that was the gist of what I'm doing these days. It's just kids. <laughs> kids kind of, you know, runs my life, as you know. Um, mm-hmm. Twins was not easy. It was, uh, my twins are six years old now. They're twin girls, identical. And, uh, they were a handful. And like you mentioned, we're, we have one on the way, but it's been six years since, you know, we, we've had any kids. And so we had to wait until we kind of, you know, we're able to catch our breath from the twins. Cause it was, it was a different ball game for sure. We have an, an eight year old son too, who's our oldest, but um, we have another girl on the way and, uh, we're excited about that new addition, but the kids kind of, uh, you know, they rule the house and they, they, they run our lives and we live in Arizona right now. And, uh, you know, we're, we're just shuttling kids all around to sports and all the different things that they're doing, but that's kind of all that I've, I've been up to, to be completely honest. So it's, it's not that exciting in the pit of home. It's just, uh, you know, getting, breaking up fights and, uh, Yelling at kids is about the gist of our day. <laughs> and getting the, the magic eraser, cleaning off things off the wall. That's what I do every day. You, and honestly, hearing you talk about the boredom, but which really it is not. It's an incredible thing to be a parent, but it makes us all feel better about our lives because that's what most of us are doing. Um, so, Dennis, tomorrow is the matchup. Uh, very few of us anticipated, but I'm not mad about it. Uh, what were your initial thoughts on the matchup between the Rams and the Bengals? Well. It, it is, I think, an unexpected matchup on one side of the coin. I I predicted the Rams would be in this position. I think ever since they got Matthew Stafford in the offseason, I thought they were going to be, you know, one of the favorites coming out of the NFC. And and I remember going on a radio show middle of the season, and, you know, they asked me what my prediction was for who I thought was going to be in the Super Bowl, and I, I, I said the Rams. I mean, I, I thought they were, you know, from, from top to bottom, their roster is very, very good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, they didn't play their best at times throughout the season. And, and they had some new additions with Von Miller and OBJ and, and some of those things that needed some time to, to, uh, to gel and, and galvanize and all that. But now they're kind of, you know, they hit their stride and they've, they've worked all those, all those parts in now. And, and, you know, they're firing at all cylinders. So that was not, uh, you know, unexpected. I think the Bengals is the team that was certainly unexpected. I think, I think they had the same Super Bowl odds going into the year as the Jets and the Jaguars, and, you know, the, <laughs> all the worst teams in the NFL. And rightfully so. They weren't a very good team last year. But, um, 
you know, you, you just cannot, you know, overstate the impact that Joe Burrow has for, for that franchise. I mean, it's incredible. I, I played the Bengals twice a year, every year. They were in our division with the Ravens. And so, you know, I know that franchise well. I've played in that stadium uh, a million different times. And, um, you know, and, and just knowing that franchise and knowing kind of from the ownership level down, it's not, you know, the most highly sought after franchise. It's not the most highly thought of franchise when it comes mm-hmm. to players and stuff like that. I mean, it, they're, it, it's a team that, a lot of guys want to avoid to be completely honest, but uh, it's amazing that a guy like Joe Burrow and, and you know, his buddy Jamar chase and, and some of the pieces that they brought in recently have completely changed the perception of the Bengals across the league. And now it's like, everybody wants to go play with Joe Burrow. I think Gronkowski just got asked about it a couple of days ago. Well, if you're not going to play with Tom Brady, what would be your next choice at quarterback? And he said, Joe Burrow. And, you know, for a guy like that who could go anywhere he wants to want to go play with a guy like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati um, for that organization, that says a lot. And so, you know, I, I think it, it's it's awesome. And I will be rooting for the Bengals, to be completely honest, because I love the story. Um, I, I've been a fan of Joe Burrow since he was at LSU and kind of jumped onto the scene. And uh, I, I love what they're doing. I, I love a good underdog story. And that's certainly what this is. I think you know, the, the betting favorites this is probably not the betting audience. I know that, but, um, you know, is, is the Rams, but, um, I'll be rooting for the Bengals. I think it's a cool story. It is a great story. And, and Joe Burrow is definitely his own man. He is, he is very unique and it is incredible what he did for that organization. And Matthew Stafford also very cool story. So I think, I think that in that regard, it'll be a fun yeah. matchup. Um, you mentioned that they had a few pieces. One of those pieces was Eric Weddle. Um, just for the playoffs, which is super cool. We talked to his wife a couple of weeks ago, and she told us what it's like for her and her family while he's gone so much leading up to the Super Bowl. From your perspective, what's the week like leading up to the Super Bowl compared to like the other practices throughout the year? Yeah, it's a really hectic time, to be completely honest. It's a lot of chaos. It's a lot of stress, uh, a lot of anxiety. I mean, you win the – I mean, in our case, it was you win the AFC championship game and then you have two weeks into the Super Bowl and those two weeks are it's chaotic. I mean, you have, you know, you, you're you're trying to manage, OK, hotel rooms for families. Who's getting tickets? How, how many more tickets do I need? Who's coming? Who's and and then you get to the Super Bowl site the next week and you're there all week long. And there's all different kinds of things that activities and events and all this stuff that you have to get the passes to your family for. And I, I screwed all that up. I was supposed to give a whole packet to my wife that had all of the passes and all of the, the tickets and everything for all the different events throughout the week. And she didn't have any of them. And so she was, she was scrambling (laughs) as a player. You're trying to block that out as much as you can, but it's Mm -hmm. really, really difficult because there's so much distraction going on in those two weeks leading up to that game. And, And that's just all the off the field stuff, not to mention the stress and everything that goes into playing in and on the biggest stage ever. And I mean, to say you're not nervous to play in the Super Bowl is crazy. Everybody was nervous. Uh, you know, you, you, you want to play well. You want to win. You don't want to go that far and have to put in that many extra weeks throughout the season just to come away a loser like the other 31 teams. Uh, you, you want to be able to, to say – um, you know, you're, you're the Super Bowl champion when all is said and done and having to go through that whole craziness of those two weeks. 
um, you don't want it to be all for naught. And so th- there's the stress of playing that. I mean, as a receiver, you're sitting there thinking about oh, what if I drop a pass, a touchdown pass in the biggest game of my life and everybody's watching those thoughts <laughs> go through your head. I mean, it's all, <laughs> we're all human beings and it's the biggest game on the biggest stage you'll ever play in. And there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of nerves. Um, but the cool thing is at the end of the day, you get into that game and everything kind of settles down and you, you're able to kind of compartmentalize everything and block it out and kind of get into the zone. And I thought that was really, really cool um, to have all that going on, to be so nervous leading up to the game and then the game start and it feels like another football game and, and you can rely on the years and years and years of training and practice and, and, and all that to just kind of take over and kick in and you don't have to think about anything. Well, luckily for you, you didn't drop the pass. You caught a touchdown <laughs> in the Super Bowl. And Dennis, it's been nine years since you played in the Super Bowl. Is that kind of a weird thought? That is. I actually didn't think it was that long ago until you said that. But nine years is a long time. Yeah, we were Super Bowl 47. Well, I don't even know what, what Super Bowl is this. 50, it's 56. 56. I guess I could have done that math. <laughs> you said nine <laughs> years. That, was, that math was not that hard. But um yeah, I mean, I, I'm terrible at math. I already, I just already knew the number, so don't feel bad about yourself. It would have taken me a long time <laughs> to do the math. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, you know, it is crazy to think that it was that long ago. I mean, from from one respect, it feels like a long time ago, but from another, it feels like just yesterday. Especially when when I look at everything on social media, or whatever, leading up to the Super Bowl, all the media attention that's there, the guys sitting up on the podium doing interviews and. I think that was the the craziest thing for me, um, just being there and experiencing it, is how much media attention is there. Because mm-hmm. the NFL is obviously big, and, and it's covered you know, on every major network and all of that. But you get to the Super Bowl, and it's a whole different level. I mean, you have the Food Network. I remember getting interviewed by the Food Network. I mean, they, they had people there. <laughs> And asking you what your favorite food dish is, or if you like to cook, or so. I mean, the it, it's crazy. The golf channels there. I mean, everything is there, and it's it, it's <laughs> things that aren't normally covering the NFL. Now everybody's attention is turned towards the Super Bowl, and you start to realize, like, man, this is a really, really big deal, and it just adds to. Well, now I'm more nervous because now everybody's watching. <laughs> now the Food Network's watching and caring what I do. <laughs> Before they didn't care. And uh, so, you know, it's it's just a big spectacle and so cool to be able to look back and, and have those experiences and be able to be a part of that and to look back and to be able to say, like you mentioned, yeah, I didn't drop the pass. Fortunately, I don't have to live with that. Um, I was able to catch catch a touchdown and, and something that I'll always, you know, be able to look back and, and, and cherish that moment. But, you know, in the moment, it's very surreal. You don't really internalize, like even catching a touchdown pass. I think I threw the ball down and they had to go scramble and find somebody else that one of our equipment guys had to find it just to be able to, you know, get it back to me after the game and stuff. You, I was just so not <laughs> thinking about how big the moment was in the moment that, you know, you forget all those kind of things. So. Well, you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned all the media attention that game was, I mean, crazy. You, you caught a touchdown, there was a, I mean, the lights went out for, I can't remember how many minutes, which was really crazy. The Harbaugh brothers were coaching against each other. When you think of that day, is it the, t- the touchdown that stands out to you the most, or is it something else that you remember? 
Yeah, I think um, it's not honestly, it's not the touchdown pass that I remember most. Um, I mean, there's so many things that you remember, like vividly. Um, I remember coming out for warm ups uh, before the game started. And, uh, you know, you look around and, and this was really pregame, not even when you're getting announced and then they start the national anthem stuff. I mean, this is when you're just jogging out to start kind of warming up with the team and stuff and you know you look around there's almost every celebrity you've ever seen in your whole life and Mm. they're all lining the sidelines and you see them in the first couple rows of the stands and and I'll just you know you you just those images (laughs) you you just remember and then yeah um in our Super Bowl like you mentioned the lights go out which I've never experienced that in any football game much less the biggest football game you know in the history (laughs) of the sport and we, I think we did the math. It was like two hours um, from when our offense was on the field to when we, we got to come back on the field as an offense. So we, I think we had scored uh, late in the second quarter and they ended with the ball. Anyways, you go into halftime and the Super Bowl halftime is about three times longer than your normal NFL halftime. And NFL halftime is 10 minutes. You go in, you make a couple of quick adjustments, talk about a couple of things, and you're right back out on the field, and it gets going. The NFL halftime is even much shorter than the college halftime. And so you, you kind of get accustomed to these really short halftimes. You don't have to sit around for a while and think much, and you just get back on the field and start playing again. But the NFL, or the Super Bowl halftime, I mean, the, the biggest part of the Super Bowl is the halftime show. And so mm-hmm. um, Beyonce was performing for us. And, and so you go in the locker room, and uh, it's not 10 minutes. You have 30 minutes in there and so you're sitting around i remember guys like looking on their phones and playing games or doing stuff just to pass the time guys are singing all the single ladies all the single ladies in the locker yeah and then you hear all the noise and commotion going on (laughs) you couldn't you couldn't hear single ladies quite that well from the locker room but (laughs) um, i can imagine that was one of the the songs that was being played out there and so um you know it's just a really long drawn out process and then we take the field again they kick off to us and we return the kickoff. So our offense still isn't on the field and then they get the ball and they try to, well, and then the lights go out during their, their, their series and the lights were out for about 45 minutes. So anyways, long story short, our offense, I had not <laughs> taken the field for about two hours in the middle of the Super Bowl, oh, two hour stretch where you're not on the field. That's really, really hard in a football game. I mean, now you, you got to kind of almost get rewarmed and, and, and do all that again. And you're not, you know, back in that same zone and mind frame that you had been to start the game. And so that was tough. I, I, our team didn't handle it as well as the 49ers team because we, you know, we came out and made some mistakes. I think we had an early fumble um, and did a number of things to let them back in that game because it was 28 to six before the lights went out. Mm-hmm. And obviously the, the big conspiracy theory is that, you know, Roger Goodell was not happy with the score and the way the game was <laughs> trending. So he, he pulled the plug on the lights tried to shift the momentum around a little bit and, uh, and, and help the 49ers make it a game. And it ended up being a really good game. Fortunately, we came out on top. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Seriously insane. I, I can't even imagine. Did, my biggest question is, did you get to meet Beyonce? I did. I met Beyonce. So uh, when you win the Super Bowl, you have a really cool after party. And uh, so we we – you know, you get showered, changed, all that. You grab your family and then you go to the, the Super Bowl after party. And it's all your teammates, all their families and a bunch of celebrities. Uh, wow. Because Beyonce was a halftime show. She was there with Jay-Z, 
Um, I think Mary J. Blige performed at our, our little, uh, party and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, we got to go up and, you know, shake Jay-Z's hand, talk to Beyonce. My wife ironically was pregnant at the time with our oldest son and Beyonce, you know, rubbed her belly and told us congratulations <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, we did get to meet her and, uh, and, it was pretty and you cool. didn't, I mean, you didn't name your kid, uh, Beyonce after that. She rubbed your. Well, it was a boy. We didn't feel it was totally appropriate to name him (laughs) Beyonce. Um, That's true. But it was definitely, you know, a a point of discussion after that, for sure. (laughs) That is incredible. Oh, my goodness. It's it's like something out of a dream. Those poor guys that lost that love Beyonce so much didn't get their chance. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And and so that's the other part of it that you don't really think about uh, when you win it is there's a whole other half you know, other team that, you know, they, they had to just go home and they're completely deflated and, and, you know, you're on cloud nine as the winner and you get all these awesome experiences and, and everything like that. And they, you know, they just lost the game. Their season's over. They have nothing to show for it. And other than a Super Bowl appearance, but it's, you know, they don't get a, a cool Super Bowl ring and all that stuff. So like, you know, Lauren, my, my, you know, really good buddy is Austin Colley and we're actually out here staying with them right now in Utah <laughs> And he lost the Super Bowl, his one and only Super mm-hmm. Bowl appearance. They lost to the Saints. Um, I think it was two years prior, maybe two or three years before we went to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I always talk to him and I, you know, I rub it in a little bit, but he, he's like, <laughs> listen, there's nothing worse than having to go the entire season, all through the playoffs, just to lose in the Super Bowl. I mean, it, it's about the worst thing. You'd rather almost not go then have to go oh to that gosh. game and, you know, de- deal with everything that's, that surrounds it and then lose. It, it's a really, really bad feeling. And so um, I, I'm just grateful, blessed, thankful that I was able to win it. And I don't have to think about, you know, the other side of that. Well, staying with Austin Collie, I'm actually surprised you didn't pack your ring. I mean, I know you don't wear it much, but. <laughs> Well, this I might see have Austin been a, a, a good opportunity. It would, it would be a lot of packing my ring if I was going to flaunt it in his face every time. When he comes <laughs> to my house, I'll, I, 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 you know, wave it around a little bit, but not when I'm traveling to his house. You'll put it right next to the door where he can always see it. Awesome. Dennis, you are fantastic. Thank you so much again for coming on. All right. Thanks. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Dennis Pitta and Jason Shepard for coming on the show with me. You can join the Cougar Tailgate virtually, of course, every Saturday at noon Mountain Time or download, rate, and review our podcast on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. This is Cougar Tailgate.